Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Welcome to episode 138 of Another Woodshop Podcast, where this week we are joined by the undisputed king of unnecessary walnut, a full-time furniture maker, content creator, and undoubtedly one of the nicest and most knowledgeable people in the community, including my local community, because we're neighbors. He's the coolest cat of the three cats in his shop. Keith Magic Johnson is here. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Pete, That's incredible. Pete was able to get the Magic Johnson thing in there. That's great. Good job, Pete. That was good. Already. Such a hype man. The hype man. Like, I was hoping. I was like hoping Pete said, Keith Magic Johnson is here with us. Uh, sorry, uh, I, we won't say it again. It's just, it's lowbrow humor. No relation. No, uh, big, th- big thanks to Keith for joining us. Big thanks to our patrons for supporting the show. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. You guys are really keeping this thing going. Uh, certainly not Dan, Pete, and I. We're, no. frankly, a mess. Uh, anyway. doing this for you. <laughs> yeah. We, we hate this show. We hate each other. None of us like woodworking anymore. It's a real bad situation, but this we love so the money. This is so 2020. I'm going to... 2023, I'm starting knitting. Mm. Yeah. Is that your resolution? You're going to roll into the That's knitting community? <laughs> knitting content? Probably does better than woodworking. Actually, Probably. woodworking is a sub-niche to knitting. Uh, everyone knows that, so... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no? All right. Uh, okay. Uh, Keith, thanks for joining us, Walnut man. It's always yarn. good talking to you. Right on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, for sure. For yeah. sure. We, uh, you know, if anyone doesn't know who Keith is, that's ridiculous because it's Keith. Oh, Dan actually doesn't know who Keith is. So. Dan doesn't we'll know. We'll go into more of that. I You'll don't start know. To Let's learn keep it that way. Who Keith is. Dan's from a faraway that, uh, country guys. called Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's such uh, a strange place. It really is. Keith, the- Keith, take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about who Keith is. Give us the uh, fi- the quick five-minute elevator pitch on Keith Johnson Woodworking. That's a long elevator. Five minutes. Where are we going? It's the 2,000th floor. Talk, monkey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I know we, we know you don't have a lot of experience with podcasting, mm. so we're just going to... Okay, you're going to... Yeah, you're going to have to needle me, push me, prod me. We're holding your hand here. Yeah, this is where you speak? Wow, so woodworking, <laughs> I mean, uh, started... First woodworking class, eighth grade. How many ever years ago that was? And just kind of built from there, learning, learning (laughs) on my own, books, magazines, Norm Abram, like everybody else. Uh, There wasn't YouTube back then. I did not go to school for it or anything like that. Uh, I worked for a contractor kind of during summer breaks, and then my uncle was a contractor. I worked for him a little bit, and then just kind of gradually grew my tool arsenal, learning as much as I could, building when I could, and... It has taken me up to this point where I went full-time furniture making two two years ago. Yeah. So that's where I am. And content creation. Obviously, we started posting on Instagram four or five years ago and started growing an audience there and YouTube as well. So luckily, I was able to make the transition from a regular day job to this. Uh, without those social media platforms, I never would have been able to do it. I don't, I don't think. Transitions are tough. Yeah, it's it's the operations quite extensive. It's costly. <laughs> so much it money. Uh, but hey, you're here now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I made it this far. Did. I'm at the pinnacle. Far, right? I'm at the top now. And you pretty much hit YouTube right out of the gate too. 
Yeah, a few. I guess I, I don't even know how many years ago it was. Yeah, the first two I videos. I didn't I, check, but your first video was out five years ago. Wow. And I remember after my third video, and it took me forty hours to edit. I'm like, I'm never doing this again, <laughs> ever. <laughs> and it took it really took all my strength to do another one, and then I'm glad I did. It still Keith, sucks. I'm gonna, lay a, I'm gonna lay a pro tip on you right now. Please, right hang here. on, let me this get my pen. Came for. I'll write this down. Yes. Yep. Go ahead. Hire an editor. Hmm. Interesting. He might know a guy. I do. Yeah. And I actually, it's funny you mention that because I had Nikki edit my last video. Oh, and dang it. <laughs> this time I started editing my next video and I, and I'm already in the mode of like I don't want to edit anymore. <laughs> Oh, but, <laughs> so if he edited it, he's got a nice K amount of views on that one. 69. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's what I, I asked like, for. What does that mean? <laughs> it's, oh, listen, man. it's hard to let go of things like that because a lot of my videos, oh, I try absolutely. to be more detail-oriented and show people more, rather than an overview of things. And when you hand that off to an editor... They don't really know what you're going after. Now, Nick knows me, knows my content, knows woodworking, so it's very helpful. But if I were to hand it over to someone who just does basic editing and not in our niche or niche, it'd be a little difficult. I think it would take Nietzsche. like a few. <laughs> yes, that's right. It would take French. a few videos to get for them to get what I'm looking for. And I just, eh, eh. You know, eh. If, if I get huge and I'm like trying to pump out a video a week, then, then maybe. If I get huge, okay. Well, listen, I can't Keith, build you're fast enough. huge in enough. our book. I thank you. Yeah. You're very kind. I can't build fast enough to put out videos My wife fast also enough. thinks I'm huge though, so take that for well, what She's it's got worth. small hands. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. Thank you. All right, that's the podcast, guys. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Keith, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end on a high. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, Showmanship. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Costanza your way out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out, people. Yeah. Uh, Coco. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, how. I mean, how overall? How was that transition from? I mean, I know your situation is, was was different. I mean, you you're you were essentially mm. laid off, right? I mean, you were laid right. off from your your day job, which is frightening for any. I mean, anyone where they have a day job. I mean, okay. I guess the question I should start with: Were you thinking about making the jump to full time content woodworking before that happened? No. No, not at all. So that was because, like, and I'll tell you why. There was, there was no reason to. I mean, I had a good job. I had four hundred one k. I had benefits, and you know, I had that security as secure as you can get with a day job. And then I had woodworking on the side, which was extra money. It was fun, and it kind of you know any money I would make from commissions would support my tool habit. It was just a good situation, and <clears throat> yeah, getting I I always. I did tell myself if I ever get laid off, I'm going to try this full time and see what happens because I'm at that age where like running out of time here. So uh, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to. I'm not a person who likes change. I'm very I'm not a grab of life by the balls kind of person and just go for it. I I need all things in place. And even once all things are in place, I still have a hard time jumping. You need all your morsels in a row, if you will. Yeah, it's very true. All two of them. (laughs) <laughs> well, that kind of answers my question because I was going to ask you is like are you were you looking for a job and was like oh this actually is kind of cool I'm going to keep doing this or but you said if you ever got laid off you were just going to yeah. 
Right. And, you know, I was I was fortunate enough that all those years of creating content on Instagram and YouTube that I could make that jump without that. And I'll tell you right now, if you if I just had to make a living on building furniture alone and no content, I could not do it straight no, up. That's tough. I can't build fast enough. And it's I would have to bang out a piece of furniture. I can't design that fast enough. I can't build that. I can't deliver that fast enough. Mm. I just can't. Even as long as I've been doing this, I am a slow builder. I think if anybody's going to give me a run for my money on how slow one can build, <laughs> I think it's going to be you. I mean, you spent how, how long did you spend building that little mudroom for well, your sister? Right. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that took a year, but <laughs> you, you can't know. count that. <laughs> I was doing other ball. things at the same. There were a lot of delays, electrical, drywalling. Plumbing. Also, his cats keep sleeping on top of the plants, so he. I'm surprised he gets any work done as it is. They do slow me down, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Absolutely. They you ever, reduce my productivity like, by 17%. I, I did a study. They <laughs> did a study. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever like not turn on a certain tool or like, I'm not going to do it now because Jerry's in here? <sighs> do I have to admit this on the show in front of this large studio audience? I, I do it. <laughs> I, sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm not going to run this machine right now. Binks is in here hanging out. Exactly <laughs> right. When if he someone's on the bench and I'm like, eh, I don't, you know, I don't want to move him to do something. I'll, I'll just hand sand this whole I'll thing. do something. It's not noise. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not a noise thing because nothing scares them. But it's a position issue. If they're napping somewhere and they're in my way, I'll do something else. <laughs> they need their sleep. Wow, wow. I know. Uh, Admirable. Uh, that's one on word for it. Yeah, it's <laughs> about the nicest word I could think of. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to deny that it's insane and crazy and nuts, but you know, you're like, but it works. The working version of a cat lady. I really am. I like it. He yeah. is. It, but, but you've made it work. Happy. For you. you figured it out. You've taken the. Con- I mean, so you you were you put in the position you weren't planning on being in, which is different than most. <clears throat> people in this situation i think a lot of people i mean we're gonna get a question about it tonight about how what should i have ready before i jump into doing this thing full-time that i want to do you know for you you didn't want to do it full-time but you luckily were able to find a way to harness it and turn it into something full-time so i kind of think what my point is that it goes to show that you know you can jump from a stable job into this situation and make a living at it you can Mm -hmm. is it a good idea to do that probably not a great idea because making furniture for a living it's just there's not a lot of money in it it's really not like it's not a luxurious lifestyle people want tables for like 800 bucks with five chairs and stuff and it's just like yeah you have to like really find a specific niche of people you have to get into a specific demographics where they're actually paying money for stuff it's just really tough i mean and then you know at the end of the day like to make any money in a furniture shop you have to crank out a lot of products or a lot of pieces all the time that's the only way to make real money so, right, and um, you know, if you have a steady line of products, um, but again, like I don't want to be in production. I want every piece right. I do to be like the n- unique the next time. Otherwise, I get really right. bored really fast. Yeah. So yeah, sure. I need that change of pace, but that slows you down. Then you can't develop processes to make you go faster and jigs that you always have. Like every time you build something, it's for the first time, and you're figuring it all out. Every like I say, every every build is I a prototype. Everyone's a prototype. I've never done it before. I take all the things I know from other builds, but 
I still encounter problems. I still right. Hit you're still using some of all your knowledge, but it's a different yeah. build every time. So there's things you just have can't. You've different problems before, every I mean. time. Yeah, different problems. To, if you're to not, unless you're building the it, the exact same way, even then when you're building the exact exact same way, unless it's like an actual factory, you're still kind of refining as you go. But mm-hmm. yeah, it it does get boring when you build the same thing over and over again. I mean, it just it just does. It sucks. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's it saps the life out of the process, and it saps the life. Out. It's just tough. So. Um, I don't know. It's just really Some guys like it. Like my buddy Jeff Fader is a knife maker. Tremendous, amazing knife maker. He loves that tediousness of like sanding. He's got like 50 knives all in clamps with the scales on there. And then he's got to hand sand each one. He like, he loves that production mode. I hate it. Like I can't walk up two flights of stairs without my brain like wanting to skip a step. Like I can't do that many of the same thing in a row or I lose interest quickly. Max we can do is six in a row. So like Matt, Matt, so Matt works, Matt works for me. We have this, I have this contract with the retailer. We do shelves every month. We do between Mm -hmm. 110 and 200 shelves a month for room and board. Um, I don't have anything to do with that project because frankly, I'd kill myself. Like I'd knock myself if I had to do that. But my, but Matt, Matt spearheads that whole project. Matt does all of it and Matt loves it. It's repetitive. Matt loves it. Matt loves that stuff. I could not do it. He does everything. He literally I put the order together. That's it. That's all I do. Oh, and I, I spray some of the finish sometimes. But he 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 loads everything on the CNC, cuts out all the parts on the CNC, sands all the pieces, you know, assembles everything, has everything ready to go. He does all that. And he loves it every month because he knows that he has a job every month and it's consistent. And he does the same thing. So he loves that stuff. That that to him is great. Some people love that. Yeah. Some people love it. And it's it's just I can't do I can't do it. So, I mean, that's you're thankful you have people like that. Right. Because otherwise you wouldn't exist, be able to so. do those types of jobs. Right. I wouldn't be able to do the projects that I do love. Like we're, you know, I only really work on the projects that are not the same every time, really. I mean, that's, that's how I've kind of structured my business is that I have parts of my business that do production so that we can have constant money coming in so that I can afford to do the projects I actually want to do. That's like how I structured my business. And then Mm -hmm. the conversation goes into, into content. Like obviously you crushed it on Instagram when you started hitting Instagram. I mean, your numbers were, I mean, you're, you're the, you're the king of, like the small, what's the small, like the small format video almost. I mean, you're just, you're so good at it. Um, not you. to like toot your yeah, horn. Yeah, you were, you're like, you were killing it over there doing that before reels were a thing. Yeah, I mean, that was, if, <clears throat> anyway, for real, for reels. <laughs> it was magic. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it really, it, okay, Pete. Is that <laughs> enough? Oh, wait, here's I, the first cat Jerry. visit. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, wait, is that Lola? That's Jerry. That's uh, the is cat, okay. obviously. Yeah. Well, it's one. It's a- <laughs> they don't right, all look in, the same, Dan. Go in your hole. There you go. <laughs> okay. Oop. This got weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> just going to pull around. Boy, I got really hot all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Jerry. There's a question for you later. <sighs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not going to oh, read that one. It's very inappropriate. Uh, inappropriate just yes, yeah. morsels so Whoa, i'm not trying to plug keith's uh uh bits and bits codes over here all right Dan, uh, keep... uh, speaking of morsels i have Dan, a very important minutes, question it's 15 seconds in can you just edit in a bleep when he says the word morsels and then do one right when i said that word can, can i uh, no. let me mention a much. thing about beeps because i'm sure mike you're you know you're relatively new on youtube so you're going to be getting mm-hmm. comments i i don't get a lot of um trolls over there but i do get some and i got one tonight in fact where this guy wrote two paragraphs three paragraphs 
He's like, basically, he didn't understand why I beep out curse words in my videos. It disturbs his dog and it sends him like running into the other room. Like, I don't get the logic. Are you trying to protect your language from kids? I'm like, it was this whole thing. He's like, I can't subscribe. I love your videos, but I can't subscribe because you beep out. That's the stupidest reason. You don't want to subscribe. I only replied, beeping curse words is funny. End of story. It's just funny. It does make them funnier. Yeah. That's it. Because everybody knows what it is. Yes. Right. Or like when you beat like the smallest amount so you can yes. absolutely tell what it is. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. like PD? Yeah, PD. Like yeah, bleep PD it after you say the word PD yeah. USA. So good. <laughs> try. Yeah, it's so good. That's the best. That's such a great example. <laughs> it's perfect. PD USA is gold. That's a great. So, that's like one so of the only TikTok channels. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. No, I mean. Yeah, I mean your your perspective. Sorry to like keep going back to, it, but your perspective is different than most people's. I mean, a lot of people think that getting into content or getting into woodworking is something that they need to like do all these things for. Which it's true, you should do that. You should have all these plans in place, have some savings in line. Um, mm-hmm. It is, but you can, you know, you're the example of hey. Sometimes you find out that your job that you've been at for a long time is over, and now you have to succeed. And I kind of like fear, kind of pushes that. Obviously, the fear of failure, all those different things. They, they, there's a lot to be said about the survival aspect of having to like pay your bills and all those things. You had to excel sure. at these things. I mean, there's that adds a lot of element to your success. I think, and um, you know, obviously you're doing well on the different platforms you're on, and you have good commissions. And you're making great products, so it's it, all I'm saying is you're doing great, Keith. You're you're an inspiration, you. and I just want to say like you know you're, you're a really important member of the community. Not to turn this into like a big blowing your smoke up your butt, but you're you're a great guy, and we're really glad you're on the show. So it's a right. butt worthy of smoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, well, to touch up on that uh, subject, like I I'd I smoke went to hang butt. out at Keith. Not smoke that butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, Keith reached out to in me the tricks. We, we by the way we only found out we lived near each other at Maker Camp. Of all, of all the times. Right. Um, but when I went over there to pick up some, uh, what he had called trash walnut, was like very nice pieces <laughs> that I can use. Uh, we, we, I went there just like, I don't want to bother you. I just want to like pick up whatever. Grab your we wood and go. For like I mean, three hours. <laughs> and one of the things that really resonated with me is because like, I've been, I've looked up to Keith for, for many years. And you had very openly, very specifically told me that like, you have not figured this out. You don't understand some of it, a lot of it. You don't, get how some of it works some of it works these uh, some of it works some of it doesn't work like you are doing your thing and some things are working some are not and it it's not all like the perfectly laid out thing like this laid out plan you just you're doing what you think is working and you're constantly pivoting uh and you're figuring it out there's no like this is the way you have to do it you just kind of figure it out yeah there's no magic formula and it's different for everybody i feel like when people ask for I've gotten a few of these questions like, I'm trying to start out a woodworking business. What should I do? I'm like, I am the absolute worst person to ask about business. Mike, you're an amazing businessman. I am not. I am horrible at like giving things away to customers and like um, lowering prices to get the job or uh, buying extra material. I or, or buying extra things and then not using them. Like I just kind of throw stuff around. Like I am horrible at penny pinching. Like I could be making more money if I wasn't as free about these things as I am. 
So loosey goosey is the word. That's yeah, the that's business term. I was thinking yeah. more like hippie. <laughs> Very hippie loose purse strings. <laughs> Very free. Yeah. Like instead of a buying a, a drum sander, he's just been coming over. Yes, I rent mine, one, and I've. I racked up a bill of like $1,500 at this point. In sandpaper? So, you know. <laughs> so it's, and and also like I'm in a, you know, I'm in a smaller, small-ish shop, so I can't take on big projects normally, but luckily I've able, Not you know. Not with that attitude. I have a <laughs> <laughs> Dance, he, he's got some less space than you, though. I will say that. <laughs> um, so luckily I have some friends locally who have, you know, bigger shops and who are very kind and let me use their space when I need it um, or actually build projects with me. So it doesn't limit me per se, but, you know, I prefer just working in my own shop, but it's, it's difficult sometimes moving things around, trying to break down an eight by an eight by ten, eight by 10, four by eight sheet of plywood. Yeah. Eight by 10 would be really tough. Oh my God. Can you fit that in your trailer, Petey? <laughs> <laughs> with the right angles and math. Yeah. yeah. Eight by 10. Of pulleys, I can make that happen anytime. <laughs> it's in my trailer. You angle it right. <laughs> so it all comes, like, I, I hate giving business advice for how to, like, because I don't, number one, I don't know where you live. I don't know your skills. I don't know your market. I don't know. Right. I, it's so anything. Hard. There's so many yeah. variables that come into play here. And even I live, you know, Pete and I, we live in, you know, New Jersey's a pretty affluent area. There's a lot of affluent towns. Um, but I feel like even these affluent towns, like they don't want to pay the money for this custom furniture. I always get pictures. Hey, I saw this on Restoration Hardware. Can you build it for the same price? And my initial response is give them the bird. And then, yeah, no problem. Because I, if it looks like a decent pro, if I know it, that's where I normally base my commissions on. If it's going to make good content, then I'll build it. But if it's just yeah, like because you can get residual yes. payments, residual payments or evergreen well, it, payments, it's or part whatever of your you business model. So I wouldn't yeah. say you're not a good businessman. I think you know what's going to work in your content. It's a so, subsidized I mean, build. Yeah. 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 But I feel like I the, could make more on things if I wasn't. Um, I don't know. I'm trying. I nice. can't think of, a, of an example. Like on this one of these builds, like I bought like ten different types of leg levelers because I'm like I'm not sure which one's gonna work, and then I just don't return them. I just throw them in the drawer and maybe save them for later. So it's like, you know, that was like fifty, sixty, seventy bucks, and you know, but all these things add up, um, in time. But you got to have multiple streams of revenue. Everybody talks about this, whether it's plans or um, <clears throat> affiliate links, which by the way do absolute nothing for me i'm the right. worst affiliate linker there is i think Mike i kills it with them i i don't yeah. I, I don't know I, uh, he just sends out nudes with all the qr codes for all the different countries <laughs> down the shaft there's only one qr code yeah it's one super small qr no it's yeah. uh no it, you have to i mean even as i mean I just think it's an old-fashioned way to not have multiple streams of revenue for any business, really. I mean, you sure. need to figure out ways to make different ways of money on. It. That's just how it is these days, I think. Um, yeah, it's it's. T I mean, right now, it's weird now because I made the jump. When was it, like twenty twenty? I don't know, July. Whenever I made the jump full time, like what, a year, year and a half, half ago? ago. Yeah, a year yeah. and a half ago, I made the jump yeah, to full similar, time. Man. Yeah, and like I made the jump to full time, and I was like, okay, I'm going full time with the furniture business. Uh, I'm going to get content in there as much as I can. And the content just kind of fell to the wayside because the business got so busy. And now I'm actually at the spot now where I'm like, okay, I can actually 
utilize my business to kind of partially fund my ability to get into content now, which is what has happened now. I've got Peter here. Uh, my cinematographers in here. Yeah. Peter, <laughs> Peter's part. No, P- Peter's here. And you know, Peter's very good at making videos. I mean, he makes really good videos. Mm-hmm. Um, now we just have to figure out how to do it to make where it works on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what we're working on now. So um, fortunately my business is, a, is in a position where I can do that, but you know, that's not the position that everyone's in. It's I'm in a fortunate position yeah. and I recognize that. So, um, right. and honestly it's, it's working scary. because you're, con- you're now consistently putting out videos just like Dan right. got a videographer. There's a video yep. coming out. I'm not consistently so. putting out videos Still, though. <laughs> you guys have both put out more videos in the last month than you have the last six months or more. Yeah, that's true. So, so it, that helps. It's volume. Unfortunately it is volume. You know, it's not, well, I, I think quarter- that, it's just like on Instagram. I mean, the algorithm needs something to rate you by. I mean, there's just yeah. some videos that hit and are viral. Um, but the, whatever platform you're on, that algorithm needs to be able to, and you need to feed input it to have output. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just yeah. the bottom line. I mean, it's just the bottom line. You need to be able to put videos out on YouTube to see if you want eggs from that goose, you got to feed the bear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. <laughs> man, Nebraska's a weird place, man. I'm not really <laughs> sure I know what you mean. <laughs> I, don't, I, mean I don't think you're allowed totally. to say that anymore. Damn. Uh, <laughs> no, I, it's just it's just tough. You go all these things are tough. Nothing's easy. I mean, none of it's easy. You have to find your way. And that's what <laughs> you were saying earlier that Pete it was saying that Keith, you were saying that you don't really know, but no one knows. Anyone who says that no. they know, I think is a liar. Like they are lying and trying to take your money. Like uh, especially with algorithm stuff. I feel like they're trying to take your money because no one actually knows. I mean, as soon as you think you figured it out, it's yeah. it's on to it something changes. else. They zag. Yeah. Yep. It's annoying. So I mean, I mean you can post. Is, I, I mean, and that's the problem. You get married to something like, oh, this video is going to kill. I love it. It's so good. And it's a complete bomb. And then another one that's just kind of a throwaway and it explodes. And you kind of, you got to take the good with the bad, <laughs> it, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I'm doing, a, I'm doing a, the top four, because I only started like two days ago, top four reels of the year. And my top reel this year is only five seconds long. It is the dumbest thing. <laughs> And it got like nine million views. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it it was just me tapping a, a call it on my router and the CNC and a, a bit falling out and sticking into the oh, wood. That, like, that was a good one. Yeah. Oh, that was so yeah. Nice. My biggest reel is a bow tie. A bow tie being knocked in. It's yeah. Dumb. Those don't like, usually do well. Bow ties, <laughs> <laughs> junk. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, and I feel like, like so you're you have to you're appealing to the lowest common denominator of people's, and it, it it's sad. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And it's just gotten and these whole I mean, this whole Instagram real thing, which basically like a video jukebox now. And I can't I I cannot find valuable content on my Instagram feed anymore. It's just everything is uh, like a skit or an act or a play yes. something oh, yeah. and yeah. I, I, some of them are funny i'm not gonna lie i, I do I a lot of my I friends do them that yet but i, I just can't do, i can't bring myself yeah. to do it it's not why i'm on the platform i go to tiktok for content yeah yeah i do not for skits and stuff yeah yeah for but it's a, like i think that's tailored towards what i want to see so a lot of it is like entrepreneur stuff it's actually not a lot of woodworking it's it's making as a whole all kinds of artists and whatever but like it's not just like woodworking content <clears> that we're seeing on instagram because I love everyone, and I'm making the same content too. But that's working on Instagram. Hey, you it's do not, what you got to do. But that's not to, what I want to consume relevant. right now. You yeah, know? no. 
And uh, I go to TikTok to watch the skits and the and the dances and the booty shakes. Well, yeah, very <laughs> I, I'm on IG to very watch, you know, feats. woodworking content and stuff like that. I want to learn. I want to see people's processes. And then I go to Facebook if I want to see a recipe from my great aunt Margaret. <laughs> Honestly, I get more more out of Instagram stories a lot of times yes. than I do out of the content yes. itself. Because I'm the behind the scenes, the again, the, like what videos used to be. I do miss that, but that doesn't work. That doesn't, yeah, whatever. I don't what consume any Instagram content anymore. I cannot stand it anymore. It sucks. Okay, like, it's, it's, it's really but your a fans, but like, the fans. <laughs> I don't consume any content. So my next question was, are you guys, are you guys using that new notes feature in the Instagram Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Why can't you turn that off? Why isn't it an option to turn that garbage off? I don't care that it's Merry Christmas. Whatever. I just want to use it. It's at the top of my, it's fine if you want to use it, but I want the option to turn it off because it's the first thing at the top and it throws me off and it distracts me. I think, And that's, that's what it is. It's, it's all it's doing is trying to force people to stay on the content on the platform longer and you're yeah you're, people oh, are, yeah for sure for me i don't even see that section anymore spags is like, i, I, I so put a piece of tape across my phone and then and mm-hmm. then when the content wasn't good enough to put on a post they gave us stories yeah yeah, and yeah. Then when the content wasn't good enough to put in stories they gave us this stupid <laughs> thing above messages <laughs> that's right i saw that yeah <laughs> it's like that's 100 percent what it is yeah it's true. <laughs> i use it to pro- uh, promote stuff like it's i've been promoting the podcast like is it is it Instagram trying to go after Twitter? Like, I think it's Instagram trying to be MySpace. Oh. <laughs> really throwing it back there, <laughs> Wow. Your status updates. Status updates? Well, yeah, I guess that was a thing. It's basically a status update. I mean, that used to be update. a thing on Facebook, too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Way back, way back in the when day. When I was yeah. your age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have to. You so, can't. like, when I first started Facebook, I think it was 2007 or six. you... So, like, your name would come up first, and it, you would just, like, finish the sentence. Daniel Dunlap is yeah. going to the grocery store. That's not what I was going to say. Uh, okay. <laughs> Taking a poop. Feeling you know, something. Feeling Himself. Something. Yeah. Sadness. Yeah. It's Sadness. complicated. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, content's just rough. Like, it's just, it's tough, too, because, like, um, there's like no growth on Instagram. It feels like too, and it's just like oh yeah, it's dude, stagnant. I was it's just talking stagnant. about this today. It's like it's, it's like spike. I plateaued. Plat- I've been at a hundred and four down and in line. One hundred and four thousand followers for the last like two three months. I can't get past it. It's yeah. up and down. You don't slowly a- grow there anymore. You grow in spikes. Yeah, and then based plateau. on a piece of content, I can't hit anything. Nothing. Nothing yeah. takes off. Everything's just. Dan, kind of how many followers would you think I've gained in a month? Not not negative. How many followers do you think I've gained in a month? Thousand. Thousands. Forty-two. <laughs> in a month. I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. It's wow. insane. I'm at 104,980. I just can't get over the 104,000. You know, like when you hit above 100K, it just yeah. gives you the yeah. the thousands. Not not to brag a little bit, but We're like, flexed, I don't know it's been about. on the 104K for like three months. Three months. Yeah, it's... I, honestly, when people started seeing the negative days suddenly, like, I don't know what they did. Oh. When people started seeing negatives, like, oh, that exists. You could just go, ne- you could lose 27 <laughs> followers in a day. Okay, cool. That's when it started, like, really plateauing people. And I remember, I mean, I was at 24K for a year and a half, about 24 to 25. Like, I grew a thousand over a year and a half. <laughs> and then spiked to 44. 
Nothing. I can't wait to see how many followers I lost today. <laughs> I posted a story about, uh, well, I just posted a picture of me getting gas, and it was two twenty nine a gallon. Two twenty nine. In fairness, I had forty cents off a gallon because of my grocery fuel points. Well, I get, okay, I'm, grocery fuel as one Menards does. Bucks. <laughs> Menards <laughs> bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I also above the picture in the story, I said, "Thanks, Obama." Yeah, so, oh, I can't boy. wait to see how many. I was gonna oh, yeah. say, did you think Joe Biden? Or oh no. No, no, no. Uh, I was going for comedy. Stay woke, but, you know. Sleepy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Let's pivot into questions anyway. quickly. <laughs> oh, wait. No. That's not what we do. What's on my bench? We don't do that. We do what's Are on Are we doing bench. what's on a bench? This is going to be a long yeah. podcast. We, this is gonna, I can't find the button for that. It's gone. Oh, here it is. Everyone, <laughs> everyone, here we go. What's on my bench? I found it. <laughs> uh, there it is. You know, <laughs> yes. Thank God. Uh, Keith. What do you got going on this week? What are you working on? What's on your bench? I got a white oak vanity that's been on my well, it's been on there for a couple of weeks, but it's a it's an involved process um, because I need to build this thing basically modular so I can get it in the client's house and up the stairs and around the corner and in their bathroom. But it needs to look like a piece of furniture, so it's cabinetry that looks like furniture, and I am using every joinery method. Uh, and rejoinery tool that I have. You got brad nail screws, pocket screws, lamello, and domino. Drill driver. Drill driver. Domino yeah, and pocket hole together. Domino. Yes. Yeah, and I'm, I've combined all of them together into one joint as well. Right. You're just, yeah. just jamming into wood yeah. with all these tools going <laughs> The one place. super ah! joint. <laughs> you, know I mean, that's... you put a domino in it and drive a 45-degree domino through it. And then glue it and then put a lamello in it. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that's Clamex. the play for the uh, YouTube kind of thumbnail is like you turn you know, the that you turn the Clamex and a domino comes over domino. and holds it in place. <laughs> I, Keith, I know we're doing what's on our bench, but yeah. Keith, could you explain to me how uh, a marshmallow does with joinery? I don't understand. A ma- <laughs> what do you mean? You mean a lamello? Uh, it's oh. lamello, oh. not. La marshmallow. It's soft. It, it creates. Like I thought a it was natural... a, like an East Coast marshmallow. No, it's like an air gap, like a gasket. Creates a natural oh. air gap. There. I'm gonna be real honest. Or, man. I had no idea what the All hell it you is... were talking about. <laughs> I have to, I have to translate for Dan. It was. I'm so thank glad you. Pete was here saving like, me. What Pete. is happening? Yeah, it's just. It's a simple machine. That just, oh no, Dan's <laughs> Alzheimer's is kicking in. And then when you bottom out, it goes, and then it cuts in. The deeper uh, holes. That's right. That's what it does. Oh, I mean, I kind of described okay. what it does. The shouldered slots. Yeah. 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 Oh, every time oh, I hear the yeah. word lamello, I think marshmallows. I'm, I'm weirdo. <laughs> lamello. I like my uh, yeah. lamello. It's French. <laughs> or Swiss. French marshmallows. So that's uh, that's what's on my bench still. Nice. Nice. You making a video out of that? Yeah. Two-parter. So I was debating on this, um, but because uh, Celiche is kind of sponsoring the because they gave the drawer slides and the hinges and everything so i want to do part one is the whole cabinet build by itself and then part two is going to be the drawers and Did doors you say ceviche yeah is that how it's pronounced yeah not salad when you when you no. cook fish with lemon <laughs> yeah <laughs> i thought it was <laughs> sabre <laughs> sabre <laughs> and it's nice. by the way it's it's bloom not blum for those people all right okay Wow. No. Taking really, notes uh, over here. Really no, stop killing people's right. dreams over here. I know. <laughs> I still say Blum, too. Yeah. But when you call the factory, thanks for calling thanks Blum. Thanks for calling Blum. Yeah. They're in North <laughs> no, Carolina. No, this is America. It's Blum. <laughs> Damn it. 
Uh, <laughs> cool. Is that anything else going on? No. No? All right. Dan? Oh, Dan. Guys, hold on to your pants. Do you want me to do yours for you? <laughs> what do you think Bow about that? <laughs> Actually, no. Oh. Bow ties have taken a backseat to oh, zero clearance inserts. inserts. Right. That's why you yes. bought the $17 miter saw today. <laughs> <laughs> it was on sale. You know, $100 I didn't off. The subject, but I was questioning it heavily. Oh, me switching teams? It's not even I mean, switching teams. That sounded weird. Polish a turd. It's still a turd. No, that sounded right. <laughs> no, this jives. Keep going. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So. Zero clearance inserts are, are ridiculous right now. So I'm trying to uh, offer more brands and more models and stuff. So in an effort to do so, instead of reaching out to my followers on IG like I did in the beginning of this whole mess, um, I thought it'd just be easier to get a saw for market research and bring it back to my shop and measure it and fit it and do all that stuff right in it. my shop. Instead of... <laughs> Asking my followers to send me an insert from their saw, send it back to them with an insert that I cut, hope that it fits perfectly. If it doesn't, they they got to report back to me and I got to make adjustments and send them a new one. You know what I'm saying? How about that? Hmm. Oh, you know, nothing. Nothing. You got pirate ship. Cheap. So. UPS. Pirate ship. What's that? What's pirate ship? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, you know. Yeah, so I bought the uh, I bought the rigid R forty two twenty two from Home Depot today. It was a hundred dollars off, and I was like, "Well, this is a great place to start. Let's so do you it for nineteen dollars." With this Menards bucks, <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't take the Menards rebates. The price. Oh. Um, so yeah, that's my plan. I'm gonna I'm gonna start buying up all the saws, and uh, I'm either gonna try to return them or sell them on the Facebook Marketplace, or maybe just do a giveaway depending on. How cheap the saw is. Cool. It would be you really, should, but the shipping do? would yeah, be good brutal. Luck shipping that. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> well, it, they shipping's gonna be like fifteen hundred yeah, so bucks. I'll get this Delta Unisaw just so I can get the, the insert right. <laughs> Can't Give you just fifty-year-old Delta Unisaw? <laughs> Can't you just buy the insert from Rigid directly and then use that as the template? You can, but there's slop in it. I want it to be a uh, perfect. Okay. Understood. Fit. You know what I mean? A oh, zero I, clearance would fit. Move. I admire your commitment to no slop. It's a, it's no slop. In a piece that small, it's not going to move that <laughs> Hashtag much. Hashtag no slop. I've done the research, buddy. <laughs> no slop Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sunday, bro. Oh, okay. No slop. And what do you make these out of, Dan? Hardwood. Okay. Make them out of walnut. But cherry, you don't put oak, adjustable maple. screws in the side. No, that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to uh, have the saw itself so I can measure the actual thickness so that it just sits in there perfectly. Now, for those of us who don't know, measure means what? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. Thank you. I'm just playing. Did Pete put you up there? No, I did not. No, the Jersey thing. You sound real funny to us. You you basically said bagel. Oh, my my gosh. (laughs) Measure. That's better. Measure. Yeah, measure. Oh, I can't, I can't say it. Just say it so. sounds exotic. weird to me. Major. Exotic. <laughs> say it like your French girls. <laughs> oh my god. Was your it's dad funny. A little off topic. <laughs> I never thought I had an accent until I I started this podcast with these two yahoos. 
You really and don't. There's just a, I mean, it's the same with us. Like, there's a few words that people immediately recognize. You do know I add subtitles when you talk on uh, YouTube videos. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I just forgot like, what I was talking about. Laughs in okay. Nebraska. <laughs> so, okay. Continuing on. Uh, inserts, yada, yada. Uh, I've also been working on... That cherry bed. I don't know if I mentioned that in the past weeks. My memory's bad. I don't know if you guys know this or not. I'm old. Uh, so I've been working on the cherry bed. It's almost done. We're actually making a two or three part video on that as well. So, uh, oh, by the way, I have a YouTube channel as well. Hi. Hi. Uh, not as popular as these two below me, uh, Mike and Keith, but well, I have one. channel's as big as mine. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, you got a few more followers or subscribers or whatever it's called over there. Um, Likes. <laughs> yeah, so I need to b- build that bed, and uh, it was supposed to be done the week before Christmas, and here we are, and then I need to ship it off to somewhere on the East Coast. I can't remember exactly where I need Are you to taking business from check me, my notes. son of a bitch? Yeah, what the hell? Dude? Yeah, you, you better what believe this it, bro. Little... This is cutthroat world of woodworking. I would have given him free shipping. Right here. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw I'm delivering it by hand. <laughs> the great Daniel Dunlap is... No, I'm not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyways, uh, that's basically been my week since we did do a podcast last week, even though uh, we didn't tell you about it. So if, if you're listening to this now and you didn't realize we had a podcast last Surprise! week, we did. So go listen to that, please. We're, I'm begging you. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Mike, Hi. what did you do uh, this you past know, week? We've been kind of just getting stuff like organized in the shop. It's been really nice. We have we have a bunch of jobs, but it's not like crazy like it's been for the last like six months. So um, I've been able to catch up on smaller projects, get stuff done. I had my uh, installer, the guy who does all my installs, Brian, he came and did, um, he installed a door in the back of my shop. So we have a door that's matched up with the other oh, door to my other nice. shop. So now I can just do a walkthrough, which is really nice. Are you doing a breezeway? You should build a tunnel. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to build an arch. I don't think we'll do walls because we still want to be able to get out of there. But I'm, I'm going to do an archway. I, I've got some extra. I've got all this redwood in for this. Uh, I'm going to build a timber frame. You guys know uh, uh, Josh or Justin. <laughs> I Dietrich? have an idea. Hear me out. Hear me out here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Go ahead, Dan. I want to hear your idea. You have a CNC. Mm. Build a bunch of curves out of MDF. Glue them together. Shingle it. Boom. Yeah, MDF arch. outside does real well. Yeah. <laughs> shingles, bro. Shingles. Fine. MDF shingles. It's fine. <laughs> Seal the edges. You, don't, you want the the walls to be open because you got the guys probably sneak out back to go to the bathroom. That's how you get the breeze. Pee out back for the breezeway. <laughs> it's nice there. It's a nice little shot of air through there. You get a little shot to the face of air. It's really nice. We're gonna keep it wide open. Shot really through the now. face. <laughs> shot through the. Face. No, we uh, <laughs> we uh, I'm definitely not gonna put walls there. That would be a huge mistake. But um, I've got so you're always putting walls up <laughs> walls everywhere well, i'm a i'm in a glass case of emotion no the uh i'm doing i have all this redwood i, I taught a class down at one of the local sawmills for the, the laser that i taught us a la- how to use a laser class down at the sawmill and they gave as payment they gave me a bunch of yeah it was it was laser tag i'm really <laughs> good i'm a pointer. state champion i don't know if you guys know. you guys gotta wear these things across your chest and it's <laughs> it was a great class i crushed it no uh we, i taught this class and it's payment they gave me a ton of redwood timber like six by six timber and true two by six redwood as payment 
because I wanted to build a tractor shelter for my tractor. So Justin is going to be helping me with that. That's actually probably going to be like a collaborative video with me and him. So oh, wow. um really excited about that. But I have some left over. So I'm going to do like a timber frame arch thing over the top. So I think that'll just be a fun little video we'll do. Um, but uh, finished all the electrical in the in the other building. Finally, there was some light, a light for the outside I need to get done. And I, I needed to wire for where I needed to finish the, the wiring for where the current CNC is going to be going because the new CNC is going to be coming soon. So I had to run the wiring for that as well. So that's all done. Everything's ready to go for when the new CNC hits. Um, and then I ran another circuit because I'm going to be putting another dust collector in there. So anyway, just getting some just getting some odds and ends done. It's been really nice, and we're wrapping up some other orders. We're doing these uh, 20 Redwood uh, cookie coffee tables for room and board right now. We were going to be shipping those out actually this week, but I got an email the week before Christmas. They're like, hey, we're actually kind of had an issue with uh, – well, I don't want to go into it very much, but they're not in as big a hurry, so I don't need to ship them until next week. So we've just oh, been kind of taking it good. easy with them, and it's been really nice. Oh, very so, nice. Yeah, so we're just kind of – I'm actually – the shop's closed on Monday, which is nice. We're all taking the day off on Monday, which is going to be Woo! sweet. I'm actually looking forward to having is the that? day off. Oh, wow. So, like the day after New Year's New Day or the day after day New Year's Day? Day after New Year's Day. Yeah. So, okay. I asked all the guys today, I was like, you guys want to take them take Monday off? They're like, yeah. I was like, cool, me too. We're not working, so <laughs> we're taking the day off. Hey, so. cool boss. Cool so, boss Mike. So we, uh. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. with pay. Whoa. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I didn't know what to say anything about that. Oh, that's, Calm down. that's, that's not going to happen. You're using no. a sick day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize, but they do have PTO, apparently. Apparently, I legally have to give that to them in California, so, <laughs> so that's fun. Um, anyways, <laughs> no, but we're just kind of wrapping up a bunch of projects. For, well, we wrapped up a bunch of projects. I don't know if I talked about it on the like surprise episode, but we delivered all those tables to that building in San Francisco. Yeah, I did talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you we did. Got all, yeah. We got all those delivered. That was awesome experience. But like two people listened to it, so the talk about it again. And no, I was one no. of them, so. So, exactly. Yeah, we... Uh, we that was fun. It was just really great wrapping up a bunch of these projects. So right now it's a bunch of uh, um, dialing in projects that I've been kind of like kicking the can down the road on because we've been so busy and now everyone's kind of like, hey, we need to get these things going. So <clears throat> I landed a bunch of projects from like Monday of this week until today. We got a lot of projects. It's booked. It's booked out really far again, but none of them really start to the middle of January. So we have this really nice buffer phase where we're just kind of like working on stuff in the shop. Me and the guys, um, I got Mosaic. You guys ever heard of Mosaic, uh, the software yeah. for making cabinets? Cabinets, yeah, right? Cabin- oh, yeah. 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 So I've, I've had that for a while and I never played with it. So I'm actually going to start playing with that next week because we're going to, I'm going to design some cabinets for the shop in that software to kind of mm-hmm. get my feet wet with that program. Yeah. So we're going to build some like uppers and some things like that for around the shop in there and then have the CNC cut it all downers. out. Downers. Yeah, some uppers, some downers, some roofies, some floories. We'll see what happens. Some middlers. <laughs> no benches. Some, some whisker do's, whisker don'ts. Uh, no. <laughs> some Archies. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, some pecan sandies. That's a... It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so I'm going to be playing tonight. It's just kind of nice right now, like just working on some projects. I'm building some shadow boxes right now for some company out of New York uh, for some retiring. Again, stealing my business. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. This is just brought yeah, this me on a West Coast guy. At least I'm closer. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've been filming, just filming video. We're like, I'm really focused on the YouTube channel right now. I've, uh, and my cinematographer, Peter. He's, uh, we're both very excited about growing a YouTube channel right now. So we're both going to try to put the time in. Cause I mean, 
honestly, I really believe that like things don't happen unless you put the time into it. So uh, we're really trying to put the time into YouTube and uh, we're, we're trying to get a video out a week, which is really aggressive. It was more aggressive than we originally planned. We were going to do every two to three weeks, but we're finding that we're getting our, our groove, especially since Peter is a furniture maker uh, and he knows all the processes. We're able to just fly through stuff. Like we filmed two and a half videos today. We're going to film one and a half videos wow. tomorrow and we're going to have like a month of content done in two like 16 hour days. How well, long film. are these videos? How long uh, are you expecting these videos to be? Uh, the project video is probably about 15 minutes. Uh, wow. The one jig video is probably going to be about seven minutes. Um, the other video is a one minute video for Instagram. And then the other video is going to be about 10 minutes. So wow. we're, 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 it's like, he doesn't mess around. He's been doing this for 20 years. Like he's, yeah, yeah, I assume. I assume. Like Peter's real. like, he's like, Hey, we need to do this right now. He's like, he's keeping the schedule going with it. It's amazing. Like he know, like I tell him the outline, like I write the outline for the video. He looks it over. He goes, okay, this is how we need to film it. And then he, cause he knows the processes with furniture. It's amazing. Like he, we get in there. We it's do good it to have someone that like keeps you on track. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we're building like, the, I'm just building like. <laughs> I like, don't even notice. Mike, these, yeah, I'm just. Like, I'm blown away. Got to shoot these tonight. Yeah. I'm blown away because I I love having Isaiah in the shop and doing the filming and the editing and everything. But he doesn't know woodworking quite as well as right. I do. Obviously, uh, not that I know it well. Um. So it it takes longer to do all those processes and stuff because I have to explain to him what we're doing. And I'm also we're doing it by the seat of my pants, and I don't write down an outline, which maybe I should. That's a good idea. Uh, yeah. So yeah, don't, I don't. Don't do that. We. When we do an outline, when I have the outline set, like I wrote a script. For, so it depends on what we're doing. Like with the Redwood Cookie video we did last week, there was no outline because he was. It was almost documentary style, like an Ishitani video where there's no. T- I wasn't having to do any any on. There was no be. There's no like talking head so- shots at all. There's nothing. It's just him fill, following the process, and that video was like seven minutes, so um, it wasn't a long video. But like this project video, every time I finish a process, we're doing. I'm doing like a point and talk, like. Right here, we're doing this. It's like for everything. So that video is going to just be longer. Um, that just is what it is. And like the jig video, it's super short because it's just a, like these jig videos are short, but we want to see how they do because people always ask a lot of questions about jigs. So anyway, right. that's that's what we're working on. We're just trying to figure out the channel. We're both really excited about it. We don't know what is going to hit. No one does. I mean, no one knows what works. No one knows how anything works. We're just trying to figure out the channel. So we're going in it. It's nice no to have a partner in this. Who cares? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's just, it's cool. So. Focusing on that, trying to figure that out. Sorry, that was really super long-winded stuff. Sorry, but uh, this how is dare you? I know. Sorry, Pete. What's up with you, man? I oh oh, so I bought a truck. No, sorry, I, I bought a truck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I bought a truck. I was truck. literally gonna be like, I bought an F two fifty. You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I hate you. No, I'm so mad company, right now. I was gonna uh, steal your thing. <laughs> no, the company. The company needed a truck, and so the company got a truck. And luckily, I'm the company, so I got a truck. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so no, I got, I got really, rid of my, my first thing was truck. stealing your thing. <laughs> I, got, I got the truck, and it's it's really it's really nice to have a truck that can just do everything I needed to yeah. do now. Because the truck was you've given working. me the the new truck itch. Oh, shut I've been up, looking Dan. at you new had trucks. The coolest truck for like the whole time. I know, I but knew you. Well, I have small other things, so now I got to look at a big truck. So <laughs> here we are. Now at least you have a small thing, but a nice truck. So yeah, well. <laughs> Anyway, that, sorry. That go truck on, looks Pete. sweet. No, it looks yeah, it nice. looks like a real nice truck. I'm super jealous. Oh, it is, right. Well, it's 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 actually like I I didn't not like my truck. Like I liked my no, truck. You, my pickup truck upgrade. was a good truck. Well, it was a good truck, but it was really starting to struggle with what I needed. Like towing, 
you know, delivering 10 big, thick tables was a bit of a struggle in San Francisco, you know, and like picking up, you know, I'm picking from up. From what I understand, material. that's a hilly place. It, yeah, it was just, and it's two and a half hours from me. It was just not great experience, you know, and there's more and more of that happening. So, um, I'm not like a flashy dude with like vehicles and stuff like that, but it was. Yeah, you, you, it was really, okay. you got those if, dirt bikes. Don't tell me yeah, that. Got the dirt bikes. <laughs> dirt bikes. <laughs> you got the Branson tractor. I mean, <laughs> tractors, sure. I mean, if you want to talk tractors, yeah, I'm a flashy guy. No, no, I was, uh, <laughs> no, it was, uh, it feels it's nice to get in the you truck. You got a truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's go, 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 go. You stole Sorry. my thing. That was my entire what's on the bench is Mike got a truck. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I'll be, I'll be quick because uh, we need to get in some questions. This is going to be a long episode because uh, Keith is such a good guest. He's just, mm, he's yes ending. I love this. Um, so I've been working on Etsy orders <laughs> this week. Weirdly enough, was better for me than the last two. Um, really? It's really wow. odd. Yeah, I'm getting like a. Are you doing a sale or anything? No, absolutely. Do people get Etsy gift cards time, for Christmas? I'm, yeah, right. The, the time Perhaps. I'm not running sales, I'm doing better. I am actually, um, you know, like people say I'm like the Etsy guy because I did some classes and I was get you know was killing it for a while. Dan, by the way, blew past me on Etsy, but uh, this holiday season I actually did a little less than I did last year. So. It kind of sucked, but I did exponentially more in-person sales and, and you know, through Venmo, cash, whatever. That's great. So so it kind of pivoted, but Etsy <clears throat> did not do as well as I hoped it would do. And I know why. It's because I didn't really add a lot of new items this year. I just kind of coasted on, on what I had. I added a few things. Um, and that's on me. Even though I've been preaching this whole thing, like, hey, the holidays are coming up. Start doing stuff for Etsy since June. Um didn't do as amazing. Did still did well. Was able to buy a couple tools, Look at which is really nice. But... Hypocrite boy over here. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> exactly. But uh, this just goes to show you, you always got to be ABL. Always got to be <clears throat> listing on Etsy because um, if you're not, you're not going to be killing it. And Dan's always listing. I have. He is killing it. I yeah. currently have 97 active listings. Wow. That's insane. Only five of them sell. <laughs> That's more than I had probably the last three weeks. <laughs> so. That's, that's yeah, we've talked about that in uh, length. I think uh, you know. Yeah, you just got to throw stuff gotta, at the wall and see what sticks, keep man. Keep listing stuff exactly. Um, <laughs> but what I'm still doing is I'm I'm still to this day, even today, I was cutting more ornaments. I'm still making more ornaments, so the holiday stuff is still happening. A lot of people still get stuff past the holiday season. Last year, I was cutting ornaments as late as February because people were just like, "Oh, I meant to give them some around." Christmas, but uh, we were busy or whatever. Can you make more? I'm like, yeah, why not? So that's kind of nice. You never know when this stuff is going to sell. So I'm still making ornaments. Uh, I'm working on a uh, kitchen island build with a friend of mine. They got stock cabinets from a store, but they're getting an oversized island top. So they need supports on the sides to make it like a like a breakfast nook, a little bar top. Uh, so I'm building the supports for the side. Complicated thing is, it, it needs to be built out quite a bit because they're actually running electrical through it. They want outlets and stuff on both sides. So, working on that. I actually did this for them a couple of years ago in my old shop, and they're like, "Oh, we I just watched the uh, uh, House Hunters episode that you build out the the size of the islands for." And I'm like, "Wait, that was on House Hunters?" So what? Apparently, something I built was on TV. I feel very special. Yay! Hmm, uh, definitely translated. It translated for to ten of followers. Uh, it was great. Lost or gained? Um, <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that. Probably lost. <laughs> so like, oh, that's no, no, no. This guy's out. 
The other thing I did, and you know, we we sometimes talk money, taxes, and things like that. And obviously, this is not the place to get advice for that. But we met with our accountant last week, and it's we basically do it like an end of the year meeting, uh, where he tells me but to buy more stuff. M e a t. Meet, yeah. <laughs> he meted us. But the nice thing is, he, you know, every year, especially now that I officially have an LLC. Uh, it was a really good conversation of like, here's what you could be doing this year. What you could still do this year. You know, maybe you want to expense this or buy this. Uh, this is what your bill or refund's looking like for next year. So we in December know what our refund or bill is going to be like for the the next year. So we can kind of plan ahead. Uh, so then when we get our taxes done in January, February, whenever we get all our paperwork, we're we know exactly what's happening and we can predict ahead and actually make that look a little better for us. So highly recommend doing that if you have an accountant. Uh, the nice thing was basically he told us to, you know, we could spend a little more money. I could spend a little more money as the, as the LLC. Um, and we're figuring out more ways to have the business pay. Cause like, obviously I'm not doing this full time. And we actually have a question about that. Uh, but we're figuring out more ways where the LLC is paying for our life and things that we use already car maintenance miles. When I do stuff for the shop and projects that I'm building, you know, I'm doing content around, I could actually expense. So again, highly recommend getting an accountant. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, and then the last thing is, this is kind of a what's on my bench slash something we missed during the uh, first part of the podcast, Mike. Uh, we're planning out our workbench con trip because we are driving down. Uh, so we're hitting up a couple of spots. We're actually going to be in Nashville visiting uh, our friends Bethany and Brett. And then we're going to be hitting up, uh, uh, what's the state with the, all the craziness? Alabama. We're going Florida. to Alabama. Oh. <laughs> Our friends have an Airbnb. It's an old bu- uh, it's a bus that they converted into butt? a bus. <laughs> really? but- it's a bus that they converted into a two-story like uh, tiny house, basically. So we're going to be staying there for two days, and then we're going to be going to WorkbenchCon. And if you want to join us at WorkbenchCon, you can use the code Shop Sounds AWP Podcast. For oh. fifth, shut your face. Oh. <laughs> use this guy. All right. 5703. <laughs> use code AWP button. to get $50 off of your ticket. It's not too late to get a ticket. You definitely want to get it. We're all going to be there. Yep. Um, and that's about it. Sorry, Mike. I kind of shoehorned that in there because we missed it in the beginning. You don't need to say yeah. sorry. Code AWP. I don't apologize. Take it back. Thank you for your patience. Anyways, uh, that's my All week. Right. <laughs> On to questions now that it's super uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> uh, the first question is from Braden, Dan's guy. Hey, guys. It's Braden from Little Bug Woodworking, and I have a throwback question because I've been listening to a lot of your first episodes uh, this past week while I've been working in the shop. And so in episode two, you were asked and answered, what your four most important tools in your shop were. And just so you don't have to remember from two years ago, it went, Mike uh, said the table saw, the jointer, the planer, and the bandsaw. Dan, you said the table saw, planer, bandsaw, and your Festool Domino. And Pete, uh, you said the drill and driver combo, table saw, bandsaw, and drum sander. So my question for you this week is, in the last two years, I'm guessing that your businesses have changed and grown and new tools have come into play. Um, so do you stand by your answers from two years ago? Or uh, if not, what would be your 
your new updated four most important tools in your shop. Also, Keith, I'd be interested in hearing what your top four most important tools are in your shop. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Pete, four most important tools in your shop. <clears throat> and why are they all 3D printers? <laughs> oh, sorry. I was muted. Uh, I just, uh, I, I'd say that's not a wrong answer. It's something that literally right. works for me. It's my employees. Um, but kind of on that topic, one of my new tools is now my laser. My laser has brought me more business since I got it than, than my last laser did for the last two years. <laughs> so it, it's definitely, it, I love automation. I love, you know, we were talking in the beginning about production stuff and some people like it, some people don't. I find that if you have a machine working production work for you and you have to just kind of do the cleanup and, you know, clean it, sand it, whatever, package it, send it out, uh, that's a lot more enjoyable because that's earning you money while you're not working. It's an employee that you don't have to you have pay, I guess. You just buy them and maintain them and that's it. I mean, it's nice. They don't have a PTO, Mike. <laughs> so I am not so going to get nice. on board here with them no, being good employees. <laughs> um, I have great employees, like <laughs> of course. But the laser really, and like you know, on the same topic, three D printers. Some for some people, it's CNCs. Like it's empl- it's machines that cut out as much of your physical labor as possible. And I think that cut you know, it out. Cut it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. So CNCs, lasers, three D printers. Um, crickets, whatever, like those vinyl cutters, machines that oh. remove you as much as possible out of the equation. Yeah. They just run all my day. Number one. They run all yeah. day. So what are you your just, top four? So that's my one <laughs> is automated machines, <laughs> machines that work without you, because I think they're, they're helping people scale their businesses to the next level. And it is for me. <clears throat> uh, my other ones is going to be, I'm going to go big table saw joiner and dang that miter saw that I finally got the capex. And now I like, I use my miter saw for everything. Every other cut that I can make jointing? that fits. Yeah, I joint everything. everything <laughs> I have a miter saw inches. jointing sled. <laughs> I set it to the same height and I run everything hey, through it. Anything under 13 inches, it can join yeah. like money. It's great. <laughs> no, but I, I use that uh, miter saw. I've used it more since I got it than I have my previous saw probably the last year and a half. So uh, I'd say those, those are my choices, the big ones, because I really do use them a lot. Uh, what about you, Keith? What are your four big tools that you can't live without? Yeah, I am not that much different. Definitely table saw and jointer. And I feel like the last few projects, the most important was the Shaper Origin. Because um, I would not have been able to do my inlay on my tambour cabinet without it. I mean, I could have made... tambour cabinet was beautiful, Thanks. by the way. Thanks. So cool. Thanks. I mean, I could make templates without it, but like on this recent shuffleboard table, like engraving all the letters, I mean, numbers and lines and the logo in this shuffleboard, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that without that machine, but I don't have it anymore. So, um, what? It was a loaner from Doresta. Um, okay. I mean, I will be getting another one. Like I can't not have it. Um, but I don't have it now. So I would have to be, it would have to be the domino that, that tool like really changed. I I do believe that is a game changer. If you're building furniture, um, it's just. 100%. I mean, I can do mortise and tenon, but Jesus, why? I mean, it's just so much right. faster. And now I got the I got the big one. I got the XL, which I needed on the shuffleboard table, and I put oh, off getting that one forever because I just didn't need it. But after using it in those. 
bigger dominoes. It just makes it that much better, that much stronger. Um, Same. So that's, those are the one. And, you know, I just want to add on to this, like accessories, not power tools, but the two biggest things I use in my shop that are accessories are my little woodpecker's hook rule that Pete has seen me pull out of my every pocket in my pants when I'm over there. He pulled out so many times when he was here. <laughs> I have them in metric <laughs> the and um, and imperial. And it does. I don't care what brand you use, but I use the Woodpecker's ones. It doesn't matter. The setup blocks that come in every increment, whether it's metric or imperial. I use those for all my layout because it is, rather than pulling out a tape measure and trying to mark off 1330, like grab a setup block. I've it's 1330. I've never seen anyone use put like setup blocks as much as you do you just On got a new set, everything didn't you? yeah i just got an, an additional set yeah i've been i got a set not too long ago and i'm using it all the time they're great to have it's feel it gives you a little level of confidence for some reason i don't know i just really like i'm using them more and more too they're great it's just so much easier than trying to read a tape measure and you get that parallax error when you're looking at the the, the tape because it's curved and like was that really that and you know i do you really need to be that fine or that detail with your measurements kind of sometimes you do <laughs> I gotta find ones that aren't in red. Oh yeah, they, they have blue ones. <laughs> the eye gauging good and good. Yeah, there's good ones for good prices. And even Rockler, you know, the bad thing about most setup blocks is if you get a, I don't know, let's say a three quarter inch, it's only three quarter inch in one dimension. The other dimension is normally half inch. But Rockler sells brass bars, and whatever dimension you pick, it's that way all the way around. So no matter, because it's easy sometimes to flip so it on the wrong edge. Yeah. So. But whatever that's set worth. up blocks for dummies, right? <laughs> Love that. Speaking my language, Keith. <laughs> Just for you, Dan. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Dan, what are your uh, top four? Uh, I, mine has changed quite a bit. I forget. I forget what I said. I know Braden said what mine was, <laughs> but I know mine has changed quite a bit because number one currently has to be my CNC. That thing is driving my business right now. It is fueling the fire that makes this machine go. Um, second is going to be the, the bandsaw. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> the fire pit that I have outside my shop keeps the warmth in my shop <laughs> or something. Uh, my bandsaw is going to be number two because I do a lot of resawing now because of the way I have everything set up. Uh, number three is going to be the table saw. I think the table saw is going to be on everybody's list. It's, yeah. If it's not, there's something weird here. Uh, and number four has to be my drum sander. And quite mm. frankly, I think number three and number four could be interchanged. I think the drum sander could be number three or even number two. I use the drum sander a ton because that helps me get everything. So I do a lot of inserts like we've been talking about. And every insert has a different thickness. And I've done a lot of market research to figure out what thicknesses I need. So... I cut it on the CNC, then I take it over to the bandsaw and resaw it to get it to fall out, and then I take it over to the drum sander and get it that fine thickness. I, I thickness it finely with the drum sander to get it the exact uh, thickness that I need. So that has been uh, in instrumental in my uh, new uh, workflow. So, which drum sander do you have, Dan? I have the Supermax twenty five fifty. Twenty five. Quite frankly, I think this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do two big purchases this year for sure. I'm going to get another CNC. I don't know which one yet. I haven't thought about it yet. But I know I'm getting a second CNC. And I'm definitely probably, more than likely, going to get that bigger Laguna uh, drum sander. That What do they call it? The Big Bertha? Yeah, oh, but apparently you have that I one, right? I already said it. Well, that's what Jeff calls it. 
There's a 25 and there's a 37. Yeah, yeah I have a 30, the 37, I, have a 37. I think. Yeah, I'm going to get that too, I think. I'm just going to have to rearrange my I, shop a little bit. Why are you going to do that? Can I ask? Because you're So I can do 50. more at a time. Oh, is that what it is now? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because I'm, I'm batching them out like, you know, 10, 15 at a time. And if I can... Just kind of do them all at once. I, instead I didn't of, think about yeah multiples. That yeah. makes a lot. Of, I was thinking like small bow tie. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> are you so uh, anyway. are you like running them? Are you you're you're leaving them in the piece of wood and then you're drum sawing or you're drum sanding them out? So I'm leaving them in the piece of wood. So basically, I get everything rough sawn now. So I do take it to the joiner. The joiner is actually instrumental in my my processes too. Um. <clears throat> Take it to the, the jointer, flatten out a face, take it to the drum sander, flatten the other face to get a nice flat on both sides, take it to the CNC, cut it out, take it to the bandsaw, resaw it, have it fall out, take it to the drum sander, get it down to the thickness that uh, I need. So like oh, the, I see. the bandsaw, I'll cut it out, I'll go over by like a sixteenth of an inch or yeah. a thirty second of an inch. Is there a reason why and then you I'll take sell it, them that at thicker thicknesses? Because <clears throat> I want them to be perfect for my clients, so they don't have to deal with anything. That's one of the things, one of the selling points of of mine, I guess. Gotcha. I don't, I don't know how everybody deeper? else does it. Huh? Save you some time. Couldn't they just make the pocket deeper and save you some time? Who's making the pocket deeper? Your client. You're not selling them a, po- a pocketed mortise. You're selling them a bow tie to fill it in, right? I'm not talking pocket? bow ties. I'm talking inserts. I'm so Zero sorry, Dan. Inserts. I was thinking bow ties. I apologize. I dis- <laughs> disregard. Yes, I apologize. Sorry. I was very confused. I was obviously very confused. Why bad? Yeah. I'm sorry. Dude, yeah. Custom thickness this, bow ties. This dude, dog is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, man. Yeah. He's thinking at the beginning his of the bow ties to a thickness. I was like, what the heck? Okay. That's sorry, Dan. I've only had my CN- I've only had my CNC this year, right? Since May or April. That's when you guys were you guys here this past year or was, was it the last year before? Year, Daniel. That was twenty twenty. <laughs> it's been One. almost two years. Okay. Twenty twenty. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I only started doing wow. inserts. I only started doing inserts around April or May this year, and they've slowly they they've taken over bow ties. Like bow ties are probably twenty percent of what I do now. Look at you, the insert king of Sarpy County. I'm going for it. Insert king of we, we the world. Are Midwest. On the first question, we need to move. <laughs> oh, yeah. that. oh my God. Keith's going to fall asleep. So I'll I get paid by the hour. I'm good. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I, as much as I hate to say it, the fact is the CNC is a big part of my business. Um, I would say the jointer. Well, shoot. I can only. Well, I'll say jointer, planer, table saw, CNC. Right now, I mean, it sucks to not include the domino because it gets used all the time. Uh, the lamello is getting used more these days. Uh, there's so many tools that are using so more. Yeah, the marshmallow. There's so many <laughs> tools that are getting used so often. It's just it's really hard because we do so many different things. So it's really tough. Like we aren't doing one type of stuff anymore, and so it's really hard. So yeah. I, if I had to pick four, I'd say those four just to keep things moving along. Uh, the next question is from Daniel Taylor. All right, listen, I upheld my part of the deal by calling in every week. It's not my fault that you all decide to say you're not going to do an episode and then turn around and do an episode secretively. So anyways, I see you've made up for that by getting Keith on the show. Hi, KJ. I'm kind of fangirling over here. Anyways, it's Daniel Taylor Custom Crafted. So here's my question. 
Since 75% of you, that's three out of the four of you for the math guy in the corner, are full-time woodworkers, makers, whatever you want to title it as, um, are doing what I hope to do someday soon, what is the biggest piece of advice that you can give someone, like the number one thing that they need to make sure they've got in line, squared away, to to be as successful as possible. That's all I got. I guess Can't I'll just I'm take a nap. Thanks, try. Daniel. <laughs> this is, I mean, preface with it's the most accurate thing that is going to be said is what Keith said earlier is no one knows your market. No one knows what you're making. No one knows what you're doing. Hard to answer. With that being said, Keith, what's your answer? <laughs> so. <laughs> And it, it ties back to what we said before as well is about having multiple streams of revenue. If mm-hmm. if your only stream is building furniture, that's going to be tough most of the time because there's going to be ebbs and flows. And can you live without having a commission for a month or like screwing up a project and having to fund the whole thing to build it again? You know, because mm-hmm. that stuff happens too. I've had it where I've screwed something up big and basically got to start over and buy all those materials again. And I'm not using cheap materials. So you got to be able to eat the cost of your mistakes. Um, but I think there's no good, no, you're never fully prepared to just be like, okay, today's the day where I'm all going to end what I was doing before and start because, you know, unless even people who have like backlogs of stuff like that goes away quickly when you, all of a sudden you're doing it full time. Because as, as when you're on your own business, you're you're the vice president of production, you're the marketing, you're you're at, you're doing the pricing, the estimate, you're going to pick up materials, you're doing everything, and you gotta. And it's very difficult to monetize isn't the right word, but um, f- factor in all those costs. Like people don't understand like. When, when you give them a price or something, well, why is it that much? Okay, number one, I got to go to the lumber yard. I'm handpicking all your lumber and then bringing it home. That's four, That's a half day. That's four hours right there. And then I have to mill it all the first pass. That's another half day. So already we're at eight hours and I haven't even started building anything. Never mind the upfront time, the 10 emails back and forth, the design time and all these things. Like it's it's Unless you have a high paying client, it's difficult to add those things into the cost but when you start breaking everything down to people like, oh, okay, I understand kind of why it costs so much, but I'm not paying that. And then you wasted all this time mm-hmm. and you got nothing out of it. So a good a rule of thumb is like right from the get-go, get know your customer's expectations. What's your budget is the biggest thing I ask people right away. <clears throat> and normally it's like, oh, I don't know. I was thinking somewhere between one and 2,000. And then I quickly, I shoot them an email like, right away, here's materials, here's what we're going to do, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I can't even get near that price for even materials. And they're like, okay, and then we move on. Otherwise, you don't waste time up front trying to romance these people when ultimately they don't have the money. And if they they try to nickel and dime you, like, oh, is there a material we can use that's cheaper? Honestly, the cost, like, you know, if you're using pine versus walnut, yes, but like walnut versus white oak versus ash, like it's all pretty much the same. It's all labor. But then you got to factor in the time that it takes to get the pine to look <laughs> like the walnut, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, finish work. <laughs> exactly. When you're using walnut and you're just putting rubio on it, it goes a lot faster than trying to stain something, sending out samples, getting that back and preconditioning or whatever the hell you have to do to that garbage wood. 
And uh, there's so many factors to, to, I mean, Mike, you guys know this when you're, when you're building furniture, unless you have a set product that you always build, you know how long it takes, you know how much the materials cost. If you're building one of a kind, unique studio pieces every time, it's really a gut feeling. When people ask, how do you price stuff? It's, and I'll plug this because this is where I normally start is the made for profit pricing sheet. It's like $19 or whatever, and it's a fantastic spreadsheet. You plug in your materials and your <clears throat> hardware and all these things and factor in labor and how much margin you want to make, and it breaks it all down for you. It's fantastic. And that's normally my starting point for a price. And that's what I'll give the customers like a ballpark. And if that's in their budget, then we continue the conversation. If it's not... Pete, link my pricing guide, not Brad's. Thanks. <clears throat> oh, I didn't know you had one. <laughs> 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 Mike, your audio's cutting out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why was there 20 seconds of silence there in Keith's audio? I have an affiliate link for Brad. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I kind of went off-road there on that question, but... No, that's a great well, answer. That's a great answer. The answer I'll is I don't Pete, have one. I have nothing to say because I'm not full-time. I want Pete to go. Daniel. Oh. No, Okay, I'm fine. I'll go. He knows what he did. We talked about this. Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm Dan, sorry. Dan, can I? I would love to hear your input. I'm going to go a, a slightly different direction. Uh, if you go back a few episodes when we had Johnny Lambert, Johnny Builds on, he actually gave a very good piece of advice. Uh, somebody, somebody called in and had somewhat similar of a question. And he was talking about how uh, he had a conversation with Ben Ueda. And Ben Ueda convinced him to not go full time, to utilize his job and set himself up to get where he wants to be and understand the processes and and just kind of make the transition easier. I I implore you to go back and re-listen to that conversation we had with Johnny because he dropped some answer. really good knowledge about that. And I thought it was brilliant. Hmm. And that's my short and sweet answer. Pete, do you really want to add anything to that? <laughs> I want to add that this is coming from the guy that wants to start working somewhere just so he can quit again because he misses the feeling. <laughs> of quitting? Yeah, Dan. Dan. Oh. Me, like, he wants to just start working again somewhere, just so you can go like, screw this. I quit. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a fun time. Taco <laughs> Johns, baby. Taco <laughs> Johns. <laughs> no, I agree with all that. I, that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm going full. Like, I'm, I'm not going full time. It's like I really, I really like my job, and I'm just trying to that's find important. a way to slowly and carefully yeah. replace my income. But I'm not. Yeah, and willing, I I know that dream is out there that you know people that do this woodworking thing as a side hustle they look at guys that do it full time and they're like the oh my gosh that's the that's the dream and you know you got you got to understand that on social media you're seeing the highlight reel yeah you're not seeing the struggles the everyday struggles and I mean it's not as easy as it mm. looks We're, I'm not trying to talk you out of it Daniel but. I want you to understand that it's a it's a huge leap and a huge risk. And if you have a family that depends on you, what you're getting yourself into. So just be ready as you can be before you make that leap. That's why I'm saying go back and listen to the Johnny episode because he did drop some good knowledge about preparing yourself for it. Right. Listen, listen, you hear these things and people talk about things and you just, you're just hearing about it. You don't understand how stressful these things are. I run my business and it is so stressful. I mean, I have a twitch in my eye from the stress. I really like <laughs> literally I have a twitch in my eye from the stress and it's a lot. It's a lot to do. Like, I mean, 
these big wins are big wins. They're, they feel really good, but there's a lot <clears throat> at risk. I have a lot at risk when I do these things, when I take these big wins. And when I take on a big contract like that, that means I'm now locked out of taking on the work that I actually really like doing. Like when I have these big production jobs, like I really like to do the one-off stuff. Here's the bottom line. There isn't good money in furniture business if, on no. a custom one-off business. There just isn't. It's what Keith was saying. I am... Let me pull up this email right now. I'm not going to read the email. Let me tell you how many emails in I'm on this job. This guy and his wife and I have 27 emails on a $7,000 table. So uh, just average red, five minutes per email. That's probably could, be super liberal. I could, I'm probably going to get this job and we're going to be able to make it quickly because we've made this table I have all the templates done. I've made this table four times now. It's a farmhouse style table. I've made it four times now. So this is kind of one of those exceptions to the rule where like, okay, we can make this one quickly. We know it. We have all the processes down. We have the base model design. Everything's done and ready to go. But still 27 emails is a lot. And $7,000 might sound like a lot of money, but that's how much I pay every two weeks in payroll. Mm -hmm. So I have to land at least four of those jobs a month just to pay myself a salary. Mm -hmm. So these things get really stressful. Like it's a lot of money. Like you start thinking like, oh, Mike's making all this money. Well, it's like, yeah, but Mike's also spending a ton of money just to operate his business. So there's all these things that you don't really, when I make, when I make money on a project, I'm not just making money on the project. I'm also having to spend all this other money just to be able to have a business. And as the business gets bigger, expenses. as the business gets bigger, it gets more and more expensive. I have more operating costs. My hourly shop Mm -hmm. rate keeps having to go up. And because my hourly shop rate keep has, keeps having to go up, less and less people want to pay me to do projects for them. So I have to be like, oh, yeah, it really sounds great to have this other big building. But to be able to afford this other big building, I have to again raise my shop rate. And eventually, I'm going to price myself out of the furniture market. And you start to get into these situations where you're like, okay, should I just do cap- <laughs> Should I just do kitchens? Because everyone's going to buy kitchens. You can sell mm-hmm. a kitchen cabinet. You, like cabinets and built-ins and stuff, they'll just always keep selling. Like the one-off furniture is all I want to do. Then I'm like, okay, if I have a facility that big, do I just find a guy, bring hire some guy to, who knows cabinets and hire him and bring him in and do that all the time? I'll have the CNCs for it. We can do it. Let's do it. I'll have a spray booth. So I start to have to like look at all these different options. And who's asking this question? Daniel. Daniel, it's a lot. It's just right. a lot. And on paper, furniture businesses just don't make a lot of money. They just don't. Right. You need to have a lot of passion there. And as Keith said, and it's iterated, and you're going to hear all the time, you have to have multiple streams of revenue. My content, my my brand relationships, the things that I have have helped mm-hmm. in different ways. I get money from them. I get money from affiliates. And I get, you know, some of my, my overhead costs are negated by the fact that sometimes I get some expensive tools for free. <laughs> but... I have to do work for them to get them and to get paid. You know, it's, uh, I'm doing this other work. I'm not just doing a furniture business. I'm also today we spent, I'm going to spend all of today and all of tomorrow filming content Hmm. to make money. Also, you're listening to a podcast right now that in theory we've monetized in a way that helps us make money. Really, honestly, we'll all be really straight with you. The podcast doesn't make as much money as we all hoped and dreamed that it would one day. It just doesn't like we'd like to, but we love doing it. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice thing to have, but some weeks when it's really stressful and things are hard, and I've got things that are making me a lot of money, and this, you know what I mean. I don't want to stop the podcast. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it makes it puts a strain on your life when you're like, oh, I do need to pay the mortgage this month. Uh, I do need to get this product or this project done, but now I got to go spend four hours doing a a podcast or another. Let's not say the podcast. Another any other activity 
that takes away from your ability to make money. So then you start thinking about how you're going to make money all the time and that becomes your life. So you need to really understand that like when you work for yourself, there's a lot of these other things that no one really talks about in social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, they will when the question is asked, but that's not what people watch on social media. People watch the sexy highlight shots, the Mm. sexy reels, the quick stuff that's neat, the interesting stuff. No one wants to hear me sit or no one wants to hear Keith sit and talk about his half to full day trip to the lumberyard picking out the straight, clear walnut to make this table. I do. No one cares. (laughs) And one of the things... lying. (laughs) Just one of the... I mean, another downer here is like when you... Especially when you're your business is working with your hands and physical labor. If you get hurt, then what? Like, you know, I got a bad back. I see a chiropractor and a, and a physical therapist twice a week each. And And an acupuncturist. I've tried that. It did not work actually. Um, But that's physical therapy is three, uh, three hours out of the shop. (laughs) Sorry. You're such a nice guy. Such a sweet kid. What a friend. Uh, uh, I mean, that's a lot of time out of the shot. Now, I'm physically able to still work, but if it was something worse than that, like, you know, a table saw injury or I slipped and, like, really hurt myself and you can't work for six weeks or you can't do anything, like, these are things uh, I think about that stuff all the time. Like, if I couldn't work in the shop, I still always have editing to do. There's always something that needs to be edited. I could still do content for a while, but, you know, I, I don't have kids, so... I don't have to dedicate time to that, but like Mike was saying, like the last few months for me have been w- insane. I never usually this busy, but I've been like 16 hour plus days for 60 or 70 days straight. And if I had a family, I don't know how I would do that. Like I, I wouldn't have any time for my children at all. As it is, I, you know, I don't have any time Barely for my wife. Barely time for your cats. Barely. I... <laughs> They're so needy. So it, there's just so much and you know mike is exactly right with the the stress and like he has to that's the other thing for him he has to find enough work to support two other people not not necessarily three another guy like an idiot oh oh my gosh (laughs) you know that's on you i know so he's you know he's that freaking guy from the dr seuss playing the drums and that whole instrument whatever the hell it's called like balancing plates like a hundred at a time yeah yeah okay maybe that's it yeah cat in the hat (laughs) So, and I'm just like one person doing one piece of furniture at a time and one video at a time. So, it, okay. Instead of, instead of all these downer but comments, the good let me add are, this. Let me tell you the good things. The good yeah. things are <laughs> I am at home all the time. I can walk out of my shop. I'm there. I can come in, grab a drink, go out. I like, I don't have to commute anywhere, drive into the office. I don't have to answer to anybody. I mean, that's not true. Like people say you're your own boss, but the problem, the thing is your boss is your clients or your clients are your boss. Yeah. Like right. you're still answering to some, I'm answering to sponsors. I'm answering to, um, come or, you know, my agent who's getting ad spots for me and I'm answering to clients all the time. So you're still answering to people being your own boss. You're just a different type of. Yeah. If you're taking money from someone, you're answering to them. Bottom line. Yeah. So I just want to say this. Then we can go on. With all that said, <clears throat> sorry, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm on the verge of coughing. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I have I have Ebola or something. Um, <laughs> if only. I've I've worked for myself since 2011. I'm coming up on 12 years here. Wow. Uh, I will never work for somebody else 
another day. I will Same. not do it. The worst days of working for myself are still better than the best days of working for somebody else. Even with all the stresses, I will take it 10 times out of 10. So, see, I disagree with it. that for me because sometimes right, I just I like to be tasked, like, here, you do this. Okay. And rather than having to be the one, sometimes I have a hard time motivating myself and getting going, despite the fact that it's my business. But uh, like when you work for someone, you don't have a choice. It's like you work or you're, you're fired. Um, but if I had to choose, I would still, like Dan, be working for myself like this. That's not to say I won't eventually go back to an office job. I don't know. Who knows? I may get, I may hate woodworking in a year. I doubt it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Knitting. (laughs) Uh, That was a lot of answers that sounded like we hate this, but we actually love this. So I know. Uh, We've (laughs) it. Man. Pitching the bad part of it. It's a lot. No, I mean, but it's great. It's tough. It gives them a lot to think about. I think it still gives. Yeah. There are yeah, a lot people of need to know it's not all rainbows and puppies. No, over you here, can't. You know? It's not fair. Like I think that a lot of people do think, "Oh, I'm going to do this thing, and it's so great." And it's like, yeah, it, it is great. There's all these great things, but but you're fully in power to make a change. It's hard. Like it's you hard don't have to rely like, on a company. And I I do not well, agree with that statement. If you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. I think that's horseshit no, because yeah, it's it all work. I work harder than I ever have. Yeah, <laughs> it is work. I've never worked this hard <laughs> or had this much stress in my life. It's my stress and it's my work which mm-hmm. I love more than someone else's stress or someone else's work, but it's more than I've ever worked. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. like I get up at 5.45, I run to one of Keith's videos, I go right <laughs> out to the shop, and I'm out there till 6, and then I have dinner. And then You I run for 45 bed, minutes? I, I run for 30 to 45 minutes every day, <laughs> and then I, I go out to the shop for like 16 hours, and then I come in and have dinner, and then I go in there for like four more hours. It's yeah, insane. It's an yeah. incredible amount of time you have to put into your, your business for it to actually work. If you want to actually make it work, you have to put a lot of time in. Anyway, uh, we only have nine more questions, so let's keep going here. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Luckily, most we of have, them are uh, for just Keith. Oh, yeah, let's just. All right, I'm gonna. Keith, so let's I'll go. Just for rapid speed fire. Yeah, speed. Yeah, ra- yeah, yeah. Yes. No. <laughs> no. Green. Next. <laughs> Pork pie. Hey guys, so it's official. I pulled the trigger on the Onefinity Woodworker. I wanted the journeyman, but just didn't have quite enough space, unfortunately. However, I'm excited to be one of the not real woodworkers. This is not me. Um, so, anyways, no. so my question is: being a novice newbie. Somebody that has never done CNC work. What advice would you give me, or anybody for that matter, who is just starting off in this world? Uh, what bits would you suggest getting? Um, I guess just what would you first? What would you do first? What is the very first thing you would cut? I guess for just learning. Uh, yeah, just looking for overall advice from guys who actually have had it and are doing well with it. So. Uh, looking forward to the answers as always. Thanks, guys. Let's go quick. I'll go first. Quarter inch end mill down cut, get one. Quarter inch compression end mill, get one for sheet goods and for cutting through holes. Uh, it he got a journeyman. He said or a wood uh, woodworker. woodworker, the smaller one. Yep. Can he put the spindle bigger spindle on there? Yeah. Yes, he can. Get a bigger spindle. Make it so you can cut three eighths bits and half inch bits. Uh, 
because they will change your life. Uh, you can run a half inch bit can get so much stuff done compared to a quarter inch bit. It is unbelievable. It's not twice as fast. I believe the math is six times as fast. Wow. It's about step overs and stuff like that. So, um, it's very fast. It makes a huge difference. So with that being said, I, the bits I use the absolute most are my, my slab flattening bit, uh, a quarter inch down cut, quarter inch compression, three eighths down cut, a th- half inch down cut. And, uh, those are actually my top five. And then there's some V bits in there, but those are all specialty stuff, but end mills are where it's at quarter inch end mill is going to be your workhorse a lot of the time. Oh, and an eighth inch end mill down cut. Yeah. Um, Dan quick and easy. Get an Amana, uh, CNC starter bit set. Great. And go from there. You never know what you're going to need until you get into cutting what you're cutting. You might not cut the same things as Mike. You might not cut the same things as me. Get a starter kit. Go from there. Figure out what you need. Uh, first thing to cut, maybe a simple sign, simple tray. Just get used to it. Just make practice cuts. Do things for friends and family, and uh, just go from there. Explore and uh, experiment, Pete. Uh, yeah. So I agree with Mike. Get the spindle upgrade if you can. This quickly as possible because that's just a great upgrade uh if you ordered it with the regular mount just see if you can change your order to the 80 millimeter spindle mount right out of the gate don't even bother with the other one um agree with most of the bits he said the for starters definitely a quarter inch com- uh, down down cut compression eighth inch uh down cut bit get uh two v bits uh, i would say to 30 degree which is a super pointy one of nice fine letter work it's nice to get some like signage uh done and um uh i would say i think it's a 60 degree it's or not actually honestly even a 90 the 90 is solid and uh those a lot of those come that the carbide tipped ones are really nice because you just swap out that blade it just cuts so much better than just a straight metal one highly recommend that um and um that's kind of it i i think just get those those four or five bits oh and get a flattening bit you want to make sure that whatever whatever wasteboard you put on there flatten that thing get a flattening bit even the cheap one of those cheap white side ones it's perfectly fine get a nice dead flat surface because if you're trying to do finite work and signage and lettering uh, a little bit of a difference in thickness and different parts of the cutting material is going to make a huge difference when you're actually looking at the piece so uh that's just my little what uh, a warning now Dan, did you go? That's yet? it. Yeah, Dan went. Keith? Let's go to the next one here. Yeah, this Keith is just has Michael. a handheld. We're not going to let Keith talk. <laughs> he has a handheld CNC. He has a, he, bit. Uh, you got some bit bit options nope. for CNCs there, Keith? Okay, nope. Michael. Hey, Mike from Lido's Woodstock calling in. I'm wondering who's doing the intro tonight, Pete or Keith? Pretty, uh, he knows pretty epic toss up right there. <laughs> but no, my question's for Keith. Um, is, is that a Velociraptor? With, What's your easiest way of coming up with the design for the template? And like, what do you use to come up with your shapes and sizes for your templates? Do you have jigs? Do you have those curvy things? What do you, what do you use to come up with your actual template before you start cutting? Thanks again, <laughs> Walnut Wizard. Keith, how do you come up with your templates? A lot of times I'll do it in SketchUp or Illustrator. SketchUp is, I mean, it, if I'm going right from SketchUp into something, it's tough with a curve because it does faceted edges. You can change it to like 100, but it still does it in segments. So you kind of got to do it in Illustrator. There's new Shaper Studio, which I thought was going to be a game changer. It does the same damn thing, which they know about, but it's annoying as hell. Um, and you can't do straight lines. You can't? 
No. Oh, I didn't even know you that. You have to do a rectangle with a zero height. Oh, okay. I was like, come on, guys. <laughs> with a zero height. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, like, come on. I was just um, trying to drop a bow tie and make a video for it. And I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Uh, oh, crap. <laughs> um, but I also have like Love a French. Love It's great product. Of course. Yeah, I know it's going to be refined. It's version one. Right? It will be for sure. Um, a French curve and a bendable curve um, to try to draw out things. I, I do it on cardboard a lot to kind of get an idea of how my template's going to look. I love doing things full size. Like when you're looking at a computer, it looks right. But then when you actually do it full size, you're like this looks completely wrong. So I always encourage full size templates first out of cardboard and then, then digitally to either cut them out or... You can use that cardboard to trace it out and then rough it out and use a drum sand. I mean, not drum sander, a freaking, what the heck are they called? Planer? No, the sander thing goes up and down. <laughs> a spindle, spindle sander. sander. Yeah, just smooth out the edges. <laughs> um, wow. So that's typically what I turn. do. It really did. <laughs> uh, Any other so, questions, uh, Mike, just DM me. Temp- template tips, yeah. yeah. <laughs> template tips with Keith. Uh, the next question. <laughs> good luck. Good luck understanding it. It's me, hi, on the French. It's me. <laughs> hey guys, hi Keith. Isn't it funny that the Another Woodshop podcast have a pre-show and Shop does an after-show? Maybe you could transform it together to make a mega show. Keith, I know you have a Melamelo and a Domino. If you had to choose only one of them, which one would you, would you keep and why? Thank you. Bye. This is the uh, impossible question to answer. Yeah. Oh, first of all, Thomas, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yep. Uh, Keith, obviously so it, you're not going to be able to answer this. I can't feel like you'll be able to, but which, which one? It's like bandsaw table saw. Um, do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It And when people ask me, what should I get the lamello domino? And it all depends on what you build. If you build furniture, you want the domino. If you build cabinetry, you want the lamello. I typically build more furniture than I do cabinetry, so I would pick the domino. Even though I am a lamello dealer, I would pick the domino because right. I. But I I incorporate the lamello as much as possible. The value of the lamello. No, absolutely no. not. Yeah, and I mm. use it in furniture as well, but. I, since I, the majority of stuff I do is furniture, then domino. Boom. Boom. Simple. Yep. Simple. And Firing then we've got... These. Yeah, now we're moving quick, finally. <laughs> Hour and 40 minutes in, we started moving fast. Got uh, a tailwind here. And then... Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> to be fair, we talked we, about your truck for 25 minutes. <laughs> for, yeah, right. That's me. My bad. The next the next question is written in from uh, from Mary Sai. From Kodamari Designs. Uh, hi, my question for Keith is the following. Hey, Keith, hope you're doing well. I'm curious what prompted your decision to go to furniture school once you became a full-time woodworker. Additionally, what about going to school would make you recommend it over just watching YouTube videos to other woodworkers? Thanks. Yeah, Mary's right. Like after I lost my day job and I went full-time, I went to – I took a six-week – kind of furniture intensive class at Connecticut Valley School of Woodworking with Bob Van Dyke. And the reason I did that is because for so many years, gosh, forever since we talked, since I was in eighth grade, everything was self-taught, like watching other people, learning things myself, trying things. And I've always felt that I know how to get from A to B, but sometimes I take a really long way to get there rather than a straight line. So going to these um, schools that they teach you 
I don't want to say the right way to do things, but a different way, like probably the easier way to get from A to B. And there, I learned so many, so many new techniques and jigs. And also in these schools, they teach you. Because listen, I love tools. You guys love tools. I love the shiny new tools. You don't need the majority of them. And if you look at every right. old school woodworker, they just have like a wall full of jigs. They have an, a bandsaw that's fifty years old that they keep finely tuned. An old Delta. Um, unisaw because you don't need all this new fancy stuff but they also don't make tools like they used to but the point is they rely on their skills versus the tool where i think a lot of people now rely on the tool rather than their skills um so i wanted to go there and learn more about working with hand tools sharpening um and 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 better way if i could become more efficient as a woodworker like am i doing something so completely wrong that like a light bulb goes off like, oh, why have I been doing it that way? I should be doing it this way. It's so much easier. So there was also techniques on like finishing and different techniques on controlling squeeze out. Like there's so many things you can learn and little tips and techniques that you see in magazines, but you don't really process them in your brain until you actually do them or see it live in person and can ask a question. Like that's why taking, I I, I cannot recommend taking an in-person class enough you can learn all you want on, on YouTube and Instagram. But you watch a video and then you go do it. You're like, wait, what did I watch? How did he do that? Whereas when you're in person and you run into a problem, someone is right there to fix it immediately and you keep moving. Whereas I just feel like it is money well spent. Like I think I think it was like $2,000 for a six-week course. It was five days a week for six wow. weeks. That's, it was wow. something extremely affordable. And like he had Mike Pekovich, like college credits. That's not that expensive at all. Right. And like he had Mike Pekovich from Fine Woodworking <clears throat> come in. Um, Mike Maselli was like a furniture, he's a, um, a finishing and upholstery master. So we had all these guest people come in. We learned how to do, um, uh, what's the friggin' Chinese, the, oh my God, I'm trying to blank, Kumiko. Sorry. Kumiko. Yeah, Kumiko. How to do a Kumiko panel and, and just, and even like different clamping techniques, like a, like a spring joint. So it's so valuable. And I wish I had taken classes earlier on. Like when I was looking at colleges and I was into word working then, but I had no idea schools like the North Bennett Street School in Boston and furniture, the Center for Furniture Craftsmanship in Maine. Like I had no idea these places even existed. But now, or Mark Adams School out in the Midwest, like anytime, you, if you can take oh, a class, Mark go, I know. take it. You you will get so much from that class than than you would from watching a YouTube video. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's something I want to do very badly. It's very high on my I list. I want to take some more classes one of those too. Intensives. Yeah, I want to do like a long intensive, very badly, very badly. That's really really important to me. Uh, one thing awesome. I miss about teaching because well, I would stick around for classes. I miss that. Hmm. Yeah. So hopefully that answers your question, Mary. Yeah. Cool. Right on. Uh, Keith, thank you so much. That mm. is the end of the episode. Oh, you know what? I'm going to read our top tier patrons. Patrons. Per Appreciate that. Pete's request. Uh, and once again, out. make sure to uh, use code AWP if you need WorkbenchCon tickets. Yes. We code got a little AWP kickback for that. If you need WorkbenchCon tickets, <laughs> that'd be great if you could do that. Let us know how that goes. Uh, Alex <laughs> Copa Johns, Jacob Miller, Jake Conine, Justin from uh, Calvary 
Customs, LLC, mm -hmm. Christian Tung, Michael Flickinger, Square Splinter, and Tim from Lock City Woodworks. Thank you, guys. You guys are amazing. Right Thank on. you for supporting the show. Uh, if you don't follow Keith on all the platforms that you can, you should. Insane. He's great. He's a great guy. Uh, check him out on YouTube. Yeah. Check him out on Facebook. Check him out on Instagram. I think Facebook's probably what your main platform. Well, for... it is now because they're paying the most. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> check him out over there. And then check out the TikTok over there. Yeah, <laughs> that too. TikTok? Yeah. Yeah, that one too. Yeah. So just check yeah, him out on all the things. Give him some love. And go check him out on Shop Sounds. And uh, Shop Sounds is a great podcast that he does with uh, Jason Hibbs, Bourbon Moth, and Nick Key. And uh, go give that show some love for sure. Uh, we will be back next week. Don't know who the guest is. We'll figure that out this week. Let you guys know through They're announcements. Gonna <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be really good. Not I this good. I can be stuck with the three of us. That's it. Right. I or can be a guest. Be I can play the part of a guest. <laughs> I'd love to be a guest. Don't push it. Can <laughs> Can you say measure correctly, and then we'll just say we're doing another character? <laughs> measure. Ooh. That was a test. You said it wrong. Where'd Dan go? Where's Dan? Yeah, All right. Uh, we'll see you guys. I don't get it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see you guys next week. Thank you for joining us, and uh, have a great weekend. Toodles. Bye-bye. Thanks for having bye -bye. me, fellas. Bye-bye. Love you long time.